welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 27, and I'm your co-host, Nigel. I'm Tazzy, streamer and co-host. And our guests for this episode are returning guests, or at least half-returning guests, Wulong Talks. Hello, guys. Hi, thank you for having us back, Nigel. It's um, great to be back. And I've, I've managed to find Rich from underneath the rock he was hiding under. So, um, Rich, say hello. It wasn't a rock, it was a boulder. A boulder, <laughs> okay. Get that, get that geology right. <laughs> so, we yeah, had, exactly. we've got Jason and Rich from Wulong Talks. We had Jason with us on episode seven to talk about the MCU. Uh, and sort of phase four plans there. Uh, Rich, uh, as we now know, was under a boulder at that time. We got him. He's here. So we've got the complete Wulong talk set, uh, with us for this talk about Wonder Woman. Uh, before we get into it, uh, just a reminder, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also send us feedback on feedback at myamada.com or on social media, at MyMatter on Twitter, at MyMatterTees on Instagram, or at Tazzy on both. Before we get into our main discussion, uh, we're just going to give a few quick bits of information on what's happening in the MyMatter universe. So a few things we've got uh, in the works. So last, I think two weeks ago, um, I don't know, in quarantine time is still a weird construct that I can't get my head around, but I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we ran a virtual coupon raffle for hot lunch and we gave away a bunch of discount promotions uh, for that uh, manga. Um, so we're now going to do a similar thing for Sirius, which is our second volume from the Maya Matter universe. Uh, so if you check out our website and subscribe to our mailing list, you'll get like the first heads up when that happens, probably about the t- same time as this episode goes out. So if you're listening to this now, just, yeah, uh, check that out. Uh, in other news, we have some plans for GamePad. So we've announced this week that we're going to be holding uh, an online gamepad event um in the summer and we're going to be basically doing a uh, a tournament slash live stream viewing event uh with tazzy hosting uh, so we're still working out the details and pulling together uh, a team of people to make like a, a fun day uh online uh, all nice and socially distanced gamepad event but we'll still have games you can view we'll still have like competitions we're going to work on some cosplay stuff there'll be some animal crossing sprinkled in there uh, courtesy of Tazzy and everyone else who's playing the game and yeah so stay tuned for more information on that um, and then check out gamepad.events because uh, we'll have some information on there uh, and uh, last thing this is kind of like a crossover experience because um, so I'm on a upcoming episode of Wulong Talks and we have Wulong Talks on this episode of Story X Story. It's kind of like that uh, DC, what's that, that sort of DC uh, thing where they have everyone show up in everyone else's episodes. So you've got to watch all the episodes to get the full picture. I forgot what that's called. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, yeah, Infinite Crisis. This is, yeah. this is the Infinite Crisis on uh, Story X Story podcast version. So, yeah, check out Wulong Talks podcast uh, for an episode where um, I appear and then 
yeah, you get a full story listening to that and then putting it together with this podcast. Uh, and then that's how they get you. Uh, so, uh, Tazzy, <laughs> let's find out what everyone's story of the week has been. Yeah, so this is the part where we have a spoiler-free discussion about what stories everyone's reading, watching, or playing. Um, so we'll start with our guests. Let us know a bit about what you've been consuming at the moment. Jason, you can go first. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> well, for me, I've I've been consuming lots and lots uh, lately, as most people probably have been because of the situation we're currently finding ourselves in. So uh, one of the things I've been doing quite a bit of recently is, is catching up on movies and TV shows. I've watched so many TV shows that I'm not even going to try and bring them all into discussion here because we'll be here for another 30 minutes while I go through all of that. But um, some of the kind of standouts for me have been uh, Homeland. I've, I've watched the most recent season of homeland and i found it really really fascinating this season um homeland is is a series that i've kind of had a love-hate relationship with over the years uh but i do feel like this season was, was a really good season a quite gripping one and with a great payoff at the end as well um and it's one of the the, the shows is actually finished in a in quite a strong way normally you you find you know disappointment when a series comes to an end but but this actually had to set a really satisfying payoff uh based on you know kind of the story arc that they've been following over the past sort of two or three seasons so homeland is uh one uh i have been gaming a little bit but as is a running joke on our podcast i'm i'm always talking about gaming and then i never actually get around to doing any gaming <laughs> because by the time i get i'm half asleep anyway uh but i have downloaded monster hunter world which uh, i started the first 20 minutes of literally the first 20 minutes and then turned it off and was like yeah this is quite good i'll pick this back up again and, and that was about three weeks ago uh and i finally got hold of a copy of judgment um the video game that is sort of set in the same world as the Yakuza franchise, although not quite the same, um, though there are a lot of the same locations used and, and things like that. So for any Yakuza fans, they, they would um, be familiar with the environment and then some of the some of the uh, well, not even some of the characters, but I guess some of the, the places and, and the settings and the institutions in it. Um, it's got quite a satisfying story so far, but then I've only finished chapter one of 12 chapters. So, yeah, again, I really can't say much about that. Um, but the one thing I have watched very recently and I really enjoyed was uh, a movie called Ma. Um People are probably familiar with that name in the movie itself. It came out last year. It's a horror movie starring Octavia Spencer from um, The Help and Hidden Figures and, and loads more. Uh, it's actually got a pretty cool cast gathered together. Uh, Luke Evans is in it. Juliette Lewis is in it. Missy Pyle is in it for A Blast from the Past from the 80s. And... Um, 
it's a, a movie that I'm still trying to kind of decide whether I like or dislike. Um, there's lots of things that it does right, and then there's lots of things that it does wrong. Um, it features a lot of boring, bland teenage characters, which I can't stand. Um, I, I watch teenagers sometimes in programs and wonder, was I that obnoxious and idiotic? And I probably was, if you ask the people who know me, but yeah, that doesn't mean I want to see it back reflected to me in my movies. And um, yeah, Ma has like a, a truckload of those kinds of teens. But underneath all of that, there's a really fascinating story about revenge and the effects that, you know, um, bullying and, and, and torture can have on a person and how those effects and, and ramifications can be long lasting over many years. Um, so there's actually a lot of interesting things going on there. And, and the acting from Octavia Spencer is really good, as you would expect from somebody who's won an Academy Award and has been nominated twice. So um, there are some interesting things there. But, yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm still processing and deciding whether I actually like the movie or not. I'll, I'll probably end up watching it again at some point. Uh, and that's me. So, Richard, bring your backside up. Okay, cool. Well, I've watched two shows, um, but I'm only going to talk about one. So the first one was The Gangs of London, which is uh, basically, without any spoilers, is about... Uh, the son of a gang lord and the gang lord gets killed and so basically the son goes looking for the killer but it throws the whole of the underworld into disarray um it's directed and the idea is um well some of the episodes are directed by gareth evans and the, the actual story behind it is by gareth evans anybody who doesn't know him and um, he's the guy who did the raid um and it's I mean, to be honest, like the show started off really, really well. And then up till about episode six, it just did like a Game of Thrones season eight and it destroyed itself within three episodes. It was it was actually quite upsetting. But everything before that, I think he's really set the bar for what we can expect for, for like TV shows from the UK to bring action wise. Um, like the action is basically is, is, is legit martial arts on screen, but like in your local pub. <laughs> like with people, like with people holding like beer bottles and stuff like that. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> so so yeah, watch it, watch. but not the last three. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can watch the whole thing because I think I will see what happens if they bring out a season two. But like up to episode six, yeah, like the first episode alone, just for the fighting, I was like, yeah, I'm so. I thought like after the first episode, I remember turning to my wife and going this could be this might you know this might be the next game of thrones and she was like what and i was like yeah i'm loving this man <laughs> like you know anyone who knows me knows that i love martial arts but yeah go and give it a go um like i said last year episodes are a bit lacking but i know some people that really enjoyed it the second show which i really loved um was hunters uh, which is on amazon prime um and it's kind of based on like true life events um so what it is is that it's set during the 1970s and basically a bunch of uh, a bunch of Jews or Jewish people go Nazi hunting after they find out that after the Second World War, a lot of the people who worked for the, was the Nazi regime, they were taken in by accompanying countries because, I mean, they were good at what they did. So the Soviet got some of the Nazis, um, USA got some of the Nazis and then some of the Nazis like escaped to Argentina. But nobody knew about them living in other countries. And basically, it's about a lady named Ruth who finds one of the people who was in charge of the concentration camp that she was in, like, alive and well in New York. And so she basically goes to a friend and sets a team up 
and they go looking for this person and after they find that person they're like well there must be more of you and they make it basically like a witch hunt but in a good way because they're nazis or you know but um the best way to describe it is it's the closest thing i think i've seen to a good comic book team show on television it's like it's a superhero show without the superheroes. Is it, like the best way to describe it would be: imagine Spider-Man joining the Avengers, but told over a, like a period of time, not just popping up in Civil War and then and then here and there. Like there's legit character building. You've got your Codebreaker, um, which I played uh, husband and wife. You've got your Professor X, or like you know um, Tony Stark, which is like Al Pacino. Um, you've got Logan Lerman, who's like Spider-Man. It, it's got a cast, man. It's got a stellar cast. And I was really, really impressed. And that I, I cannot wait to see season two for that. And so far, that's the best show I've watched. Um, or that's the best thing I've watched in 2020. Mm. Um, yeah, and for gaming, um, I mean, I'm not going to be too long because I know I like to prattle. But for gaming, I've been just been playing retro games, so games that I've ever played before or I got the chance or never got the chance to play, let's say, in the last 10 years or something. So I've just started um, Uncharted 4 again. And it just and I just wanted to play it again because I just finished the first one, and after finishing the first one, I've basically completed all the games in it. But I actually missed playing it, and then I saw they had part four on the PlayStation Network. Decided to download it, and it just reminded me it's one of the best franchise franchises ever, hands down. I think it might be better <laughs> than Metal Solid, The Devil May Cry. It's just it just tells an amazing story over like five six games. Like people age, people get married, have kids, like people die. It's I love it. I love it. But that's me. That's me. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so yeah, I've I've well I finished watching a series called Drifting Dragons on Netflix. Um, I don't know how to explain this anime. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about dragons and these people who uh, go around in airships catching them, but. Really, what I've decided it's about is not what it tells you it's about. It's actually about eating them because they go into so much detail when they talk about food. <laughs> there is more detail when they talk about food than anything else in this anime. <laughs> Don't watch it when you're hungry because it will make literally... Watch it like we've been watching it while we've been eating. So, and even then, we're like, nope, my food's not good enough now. We're like taking notes, <laughs> just, <laughs> even though they're eating like a mythical creature. Um, yeah, uh, but like, some really alive. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, I just uh, well, you said anime, so I was like, how how deep does this go? But okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some really like sort of interesting characters, and um, you sort of got like the one that uh, is obsessed with food, uh, and will do, is just completely motivated by how edible something is, <laughs> um, and will just do like crazy things, uh, and then sort of the newbie. And all these interesting characters, um, but it's I don't know, yeah, it's great. I love, I really loved it because of all the teamwork that happens in it, um, and it's just like this this group of people that all have their different stories, uh, different backgrounds of where they come from, um, and it was just kind of like trusting in each other, and yeah, 
it's really nice. It's really nice, like light-hearted, uh, easy anime to watch on Netflix. Um, and I really like the animation style. Uh, so, Nigel, your turn. Yeah, I've also been watching uh, a bunch of stuff, but I just want to, I'm going to give a shout out for Gotham, um, just because I've, I've made it to season five. So once I finish that, I'm going to talk more about it on the show. Uh, and I've also been reading, uh, the long Halloween after it was recommended on our Dark Knight podcast. So lots of Batman talk coming up. Uh, but what I really wanted to mention is, uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, which, as I said before, I've come to very late, uh, but better late than never, as someone wise once said. And I just continue to be impressed by the show uh, and the storytelling that's, that's taking place. So I finished season two earlier today. Uh, so one more season left and just the way, just everything about the show is is great the way the characters are uh, portrayed the character arcs the relationships between the characters the world building um i might have to start a, a zuko appreciation fan club uh at some point just because of the way his character arc has been dealt with is is really it's layered and it's very interesting to see the journey he takes uh have uh rich and jason have you guys seen uh the last airbender I've actually, I've actually just started it this week with Luca. Okay. Um, Luca's my little boy. He's, he's, he's seven. Listeners out there. Um, and just because, like, one of his one of the, basically his projects that he has to do for school is he has to write a story. And the thing is, I've never watched the, the Last Airbender, but I know like everyone I know who watches it like knows. To keep telling me it's an amazing story being told, like yeah. the character growth and everything. So yeah. I've actually been making. I made him watch it. Imagine that, like, I don't like it, I never wanted to watch it. I said, no, you got to sit down and watch this animation. Sit down and watch this cartoon. Wow. That's the world we live in. That's, <laughs> that's good parenting. Sounds great. Yeah, I don't, I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm a good dad. Yeah. And um, so I've sat down with him and I've watched a couple of episodes here and there. And I actually have seen quite a few episodes of The Legend of Korra. Okay. Oh, that's so good as well. Yeah, I definitely have to watch that after that. I changed it. No, I've got to watch Legend that afterwards. Oh, it's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. And I didn't Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... And, um, but then, yeah, but now he's really into it. Sorry? No, I was just saying, I just, like, continue to be impressed, um, like, with it. It's... And um, as well as uh, Zuko... Oh, I'm, I forget the name sometimes. Um, Uncle Iro? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he... I, I want to be him, him when I grow up because he's just, oh, like, yeah. a, a picture of contentment. <laughs> just at peace with himself and mm. watching him just makes me at peace for the for the time that I'm watching the show it's just amazing and um also a a shout out for um Momo who's the Aww. I don't even know what he is like is, a, f- is he like a lima, lima monkey but flying lima monkey thing yeah. but <laughs> this guy is living life like there's no tomorrow <laughs> it's just whenever there is food He's eating like it's his last meal. I think there's just so much we can learn from these characters. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm going to be getting into season three. 
and yeah, just uh, impressed. But then also, you know, obviously as uh, I sort of make my own stories, always trying to make uh, mental notes about how they do certain things. Like, I'm not going to go into everything because we'll be here forever. We might do another episode or an, an episode on this, but there's very little waste in the show. I find like everything means something and there's no like just throwaway characters like every, everything is impacting on the story so yeah just uh very impressed with this show and looking forward to uh watching the rest of it mm-hmm. uh all right so that's the things that we've been enjoying story-wise uh we are now going to get into our main topic of discussion and today we're talking about DC's Wonder Woman, directed by Patty Jenkins and starring Gal Gadot. It is Gadot, right? And not Gadot. No, I think she says Gadot is, is Gadot. how you pronounce it. Yeah. And that is why you double check. Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I used to say Gadot as well, but apparently she says no, it's Gadot. So. Gadot. Okay, cool. I learned something today. Um, so, spoiler alert, we are going to be going uh, in-depth about Wonder Woman. And I'm going to do a recap of the story. But uh, before I do that, I just want to get everyone's quick uh, general take and impression of the film, starting with uh, Rich. Just tell us what you think about it. Um, it it's okay, I suppose. I, I saw it in the cinema, like the first night it came out. I saw like the like the late showing, and it was okay. Um, it's one of it's better than Man of Steel. Um, it's better than Justice League, and it's better than Batman versus Superman. Um, and, and yeah, that's Squad. about it. Like yeah, and it's yeah, and it's better than Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just a bit. It's one of the, I don't really have. I don't really go and watch it unless I have to, and that hasn't been very often. Like I've watched it because you guys have brought it up. Mm. And it did. It did remind me that there was like quite a few good bits in it, but it, it's not one of like my go-to superhero movies at all. Whether if you're just talking about DCEU or Marvel, I'm talking in general. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, Jason, how do you feel? Not dissimilar from Richard. Um, when I first watched Wonder Woman, I had a lot of problems with it. Uh, on second viewing for the podcast, uh, I realise there's actually quite a few things that I do like that it does. But I think it's a very clunky film, particularly in, in the third act of the movie. Um, and that brings down a lot of the good work that it does preceding um, that, that act and that part of the film. Um, Gal Gadot is, is fantastic, which is something I never thought I would say because I thought she was awful in Fast and the Furious and everything else I'd seen her in since. But she's brilliant as Wonder Woman. But um, unfortunately for me, she couldn't really save the the movie as a whole. Mm, Okay. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk a lot about that that third um, act. Um, But Tazzy, what do you feel? Uh, One of my favourite DC uh, superhero films. (laughs) Okay. To be fair, Tagli, you're like that—that's not a bad thing at all. Because Mm. yeah, like you know, considering the movies that preceded this film, I mean, if if we were just to take um, you know Wonder Woman in comparison to uh, what came before it, Suicide Squad, 
Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, then Wonder yeah. Woman is is head and shoulders above all of those. Mm. Um, you know, I, I personally think Batman v Superman is appalling. Uh, like, I really think it's one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, there's no shame in, in, in feeling um, some joy with, with Wonder Woman when it's placed in that crowd. It's 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 easily mm. better than, than those easily. What yeah. do you like in particular, Tazzy? Um, There's quite a few bits, but definitely watching the second time around, I was like, oh, yeah, this one's really good. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I like the way... Like Diana's, also I like the way they just call her Diana and not Wonder Woman. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. Diana. Um, the her like journey for it and the fact that when she first goes to London, um, she's just her. <laughs> she's mm. just this, this, you know, woman that's grown up on an island without men and with just her own moral compass yeah. with um, just things don't affect it just things don't affect her like her personhood um, yeah, who she is yeah yeah um apart from learning and growth but not in not in like a oh this is stuff so now I'm going to change who I am just there's just so many moments that it's like no, this is what I know and this is what I believe in and I've learned. Um, it's not like she's completely it's a, completely oblivious to everything of the rest of humankind, but because um, she's like got history books and has been taught stuff, and um, but it's just all very new to her. Uh, and there's just this one moment and it's just sort of, I don't know, I feel like they capture really well that she's lived on an island with no mm. connection at all at any point. Uh, yeah. Like that. when she first sees a baby and she's just like, oh, baby! <laughs> <laughs> and um, receives kind of just like, uh, let's let's stay on topic, shall we? <laughs> um, and she okay. kind of puts that into perspective, yeah. All right, let me, uh, actually, let me give my thoughts. So uh, I really like the film and uh, I watched it I can't remember how early when it came out, but when it came out and watched it again and it on the second view and it kind of reminded me of like the good things about it that I liked. I'm like, yeah, I really like that. But then the bad things about it, I'm like, ah, I wish they had gone in a different direction, particularly the third act. Um, so it kind mm. of uh, solidified those, the, the extremes of the film uh, for me. But uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Let me, uh, go into a recap of the story. Uh, so Wonder Woman sees a young Diana raised on a hidden island of Themyscira, home to female warriors created by Zeus to protect mankind. Diana's mother, Hippolyta, explains their history to Diana, including how Zeus left them a weapon, the God Killer, to prepare for the return of Ares, the God of War. In 1918, Diana rescues pilot Captain Steve Trevor when his plane crashes and Ireland is invaded by German soldiers. The Amazons kill the crew, but Antiope sacrifices herself to save Diana. Steve is made to reveal details about his role in the Great War consuming the outside world. 
He's stolen a notebook from the German chemist, Dr. Isabel Maru, who is engineering a deadlier mustard gas under the orders of General Eric Ludendorff. Believing Ares to be responsible for the war, Diana leaves Themyscira with Steve to free mankind from Ares' influence. In London, Diana translates Maru's notes, revealing that the Germans plan to release the deadly gas at the Western Front. Steve, with secret funding from Sir Patrick Morgan, recruits a team to prevent the gas from being released. The team reaches the front in Belgium. Diana leads Allied forces through no man's land to capture the enemy trench and liberate a nearby village. The team briefly celebrate while Diana and Steve fall in love. Steve and Diana later infiltrate a gala held at German High Command. Diana moves to kill Ludendorff, but Steve stops her to avoid jeopardizing his mission. Blaming Steve for intervening, Diana pursues Ludendorff to a base where the gas is being loaded onto a bomber aircraft. Diana fights and kills him, but is confused when his death does not stop the war. Sir Patrick Morgan then appears and reveals himself to be Ares. He tells Diana that it is ultimately the decision of humans to resort to violence, as they are inherently corrupt. Ares destroys her god-killer sword, revealing Diana that to Diana that she herself is the god-killer. While the two battle, Steve's team destroys Maru's laboratory. Steve hijacks and pilots the bomber, carrying the poison to blow up the plane and himself from a safe distance. The act causes Diana to realise that humans have good within them. She defeats Ares, killing him for good and ending the war. In present day, Diana continues to fight on the world's behalf, understanding that only love can truly save the world. The end. Uh, so one of the things that Tazu picked up on is this this film as kind of, or at least as I saw it, like a fish out of water film where you had mm. Diana who is, like you say, brought up on an island uh, just full of strong women and with no concept of what's going on. Like she doesn't even know the war is a thing. Is a thing. And then she's taken to a place that is not only different from her, her island in terms of, um, well, like no men, but just the... I guess the, the politics and the, the society at the time of a, of a 1918 London, um, and how you've got this superpowered woman in a place where like women can't even vote. <laughs> and when she meets Steve's, uh, secretary, whose name I've forgotten, she like reminds her of certain things like that. So I thought that was like an interesting kind of setup mm. for that. There's one line in particular. <laughs> when she first meets the secretary and she's like where i come from we call that slavery oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's one of the best lines in the film to be honest yeah <laughs> <laughs> was that, the that was the trailer as well right it was, was it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? Oh, i remember that i, I remember the line in the film like, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that the was, pay is a bit better but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <a> similar concept <laughs> or yeah. even like uh when they're trying to pick out new clothing for her uh, and she's like oh where how do you fight in this in this armor she's like this is for fashion and then yeah, yeah just those that discrepancy between like the world diners come from and this world or even like there's one of the dresses and she's trying and she's like oh no dear um <laughs> yes. and i think like when she goes into the the meeting that uh, and people are just like there's a woman in here like that, that's a weird it's a weird scene because you're reminded that this was actually a thing once upon a time mm -hmm. yeah 
I think one of my um, favorite scenes from from that that whole sequence of, of, of events um, that we were talking about just before is when she's trying to go out of the revolving door with her shield and sword. And, oh, yeah. and um, I, I didn't appreciate, like, when I saw this movie in the cinema, I didn't actually appreciate how good um, Gal Gadot's, like, comedic timing is because it's a, it's a very physical gag and you mm. have to kind of have a certain, you have to buy into the gag in order for it to work. So you can see, you know, she's got this really earnest look on her face and she's got a shield and a sword with, with her dress and hat and glasses on. And she's like, mm-hmm. right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And she's super <laughs> eager to go and she can't, like, figure out how to get through the revolving door. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Steve Trevor's like, look, you know, look, let me let me show you. She's like, nope, nope, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, <laughs> I got this. just to jump through and get through on the other side. And I thought that was, that was a great kind of... Um, metaphor i guess for for her character as a whole throughout the the movie and you know she's a a bit kind of confused and befuddled by this world outside of of the world that she knows but she adapts to it pretty quickly whilst also maintaining her her personality and her drive and you know she never changes she never kind of wavers from what it is that she wants to do she just finds a way to to kind of overcome the problem which which she does with 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 that scene so um yeah i I really like that sequence Hmm. and how do you how do you all think uh gal gadot um did as diana like just oh diana slash wonder woman um yeah how do you think she played the role she's got the confused look down to a t <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, completely yeah. bewildered kind of i just i just don't understand this like why am i not allowed here like what is this why is your leader so weak like just constantly like that questioning like mm. yeah, what? <laughs> what is this concept <laughs> yeah well, she has a go at steve because like why don't you stand up uh for yourself yeah. like why why and it's so funny because you talk about the the fish out of water and not only like um women not even allowed to vote and blah 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 but even in their uh the amazonians culture they they're kind of um more it's not like here is the leader and everyone else must follow they're quite they kind of like consult with each other quite a lot and and Mm. where like each person's uh opinion is considered and they're they're a they're a union they work together whereas um it's kind of like a top-down situation when she comes comes to london and and the rest of the world it's kind of um yeah yeah it's a good point your like leaders sit up on a on a on a, from a higher place out of the way hmm. uh and give orders um whereas they kind of just work together where she's from so yeah yeah uh, uh jason what what did you think about her performance yeah, I mean, as as I said at the top, I think she is um, really kind of the the standout from the movie in general, and and is probably, in my opinion, the best thing about it. Um, she, you know, she clearly you can see that she this is a character she enjoys playing, 
Um, and you can also see that she kind of identifies with um, this Diana who is, is very kind of principled and very, um, you know, as I said, will, will not kind of shake from, from her, her morals or her position regardless of, of kind of what happens. Um, and I think... You, know, you can kind of see that in the confidence of, of, of the performance that, that Gal Gadot gives. Um, and I said, I did not see this coming from her because, you know, I, I said the few films I'd seen her in before, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but um, but in Wonder Woman, she's, yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. Um, she really, really, you know, embodies the, the character. And um, and I said, you can kind of see the passion she has for the character in, in every single scene and every single frame that, that she's on the screen for so for me she's you know definitely one of the huge positives out of this film is is her um and i feel for me she's kind of almost she almost kind of carries the film i mean it, chris pine does um a really good job as as kind of her straight man to, to a more comedic elements um and you know they do have like a genuine chemistry together on the screen that's that's really watchable um but yeah for for me as uh, gal gadot is is really outstanding as, yeah as, yeah she really is and have like either you or rich are you that familiar with the the comics story and sort of the comparison between that like how she's represented in the comics versus the film um, yes, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll defer to Rich because Rich is our, our resident comic book guru, so he, he will probably be able to say more accurately, um, more about the, the character's history. But, um, you know, from, from what I have read in, in comics over the years, um, this is a, a fairly accurate, uh, portrayal, uh, Obviously, DC Comics has, you know, over 60 years worth of history and the, mm. the, the characters have gone through various journeys and have been in the hands of different creators who have done slightly different things with the characters at different points. Um, so it's kind of hard to, to kind of nail down one specific, you know, representation and, and say, yeah, you know, Gal Gadot's um, performance is, is similar to this or, or to that. But, but to me, it felt pretty accurate. But as I said, I mean, Rich will, will probably be able to better tell you than, than I can, really. No, it, um, yeah, it felt really accurate to me, uh, especially in regards to, say, like, really, really early stories of Wonder Woman. Um, I, I like my Golden Age stuff. And, um, and, and the bits that you guys were finding, you know, were talking about, about, you know, how she's a fish out of water, that the earlier stories really, really, like, focused on that, especially, like, you know, she'd be doing something, you know, let's say dressed up as Diana and she wouldn't be allowed in a place. And then there'd be like a speech bubble or like a thought bubble above her head, just breaking down all the badness that, that, that men do to women and be like, well, they'll respect me when I go get changed and change it to one woman and do, and, you know, handle the business. Mm. So in that respect, it was, it was quite accurate. Um, for me, the strongest thing or the strongest person in the film was that was actually Chris Pine. Um, unlike the second watch, which which was which happened last night, that like Gal Gadot, she was a lot better. And like and that same thing as you, Jason, I did appreciate the physical gags um, that she, that she was able to pull off. Um, but she still, number one, she felt for, she felt forgettable in this movie. And in this movie, there was no one standout scene where I just went, you know what? she will forever be Wonder Woman. Like, I think that scene for her happened in Batman versus Superman. There's, like, one bit where she fights against Doomsday yeah. and then she gets punched in the face and she kind of looks at the camera and you, and she's like, 
Yeah, I like that. And you're just like, that's that's Wonder Woman. Like, and I, and I always feel that in a standalone film for a character, you always need that one scene. It usually happens in the first movie, and if it doesn't happen by the second movie, you're kind of done. It's like, for example, for me, let's say Tobey Maguire as an example, as an example in Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, is the scene where he saves the train and yeah. he takes the mask off and everything. After that scene, it was it was very very hard to cast another Spider Man. That's why they messed up with Andrew Garfield. You, you know what I mean? And I, I never felt like I got that from her in this. It felt like everyone else was was kind of just like pushing her afloat. Not even to say that she was doing a bad job, but like without Chris Pine, I think this film would have failed. And then there's a couple of other performances from the gang that they hang around with, which are quite good as well. But, so you, did you think like yeah. the the moment where she crosses no man's land? Because for me, that was like her moment, like unveiling wonder woman yeah. and everything she stands for because i think it comes just before like uh steve trevor uh is saying yeah. you know we can't do this basically you can't cross it's impossible can't do it and yeah. she's just like no i'm gonna do it and then she does it yeah. and then she has that like rallying moment that kind of represents wonder woman do you feel like that yeah. was her moment no no the thing is i thought that was a really i thought that was a really good scene yeah and and it was one of those, but like, you know what it was? It felt too clean. Like, mm. it, like it, it, I don't know, like, I, I, I get what the scene stood for, and I think it, it conveys the message perfectly, but there's one bit where she first comes over, and she's, and like, the surround, the background is like World War. Like, it's just, you know, just trenches and like, you know, modern soil and barbed wire. Yeah. And she's there, like, she's just come off like an Instagram filter. And I was like, <laughs> no. Like, like I, I want to, I want, I don't want to see you struggle, but I want to see you like get deep embroiled in wars. So, like, but let's say by the end of that scene, she's a bit dirty and she'd be, she's a bit scuffed off, you know, scuffed up. She just still looks too pretty. And so that, to me, that scene didn't really grab me like how no, it was supposed to. Okay. Like, like I said, that thing like, with the scene with her versus Doomsday, she takes a blow. She's on her, you know, she lands on her back. She kind of gets onto one knee. I think she's got a little bit of blood and she wipes off. And it, it just felt a little bit more like you want to do this. Like, you know, this, there's a bit more to the character there for me in that, in that scene. That sounds more like a, a costume and makeup uh, <laughs> <laughs> issue rather than her acting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. something that is just very present in films when you have a uh, female uh, leading role is just yeah, ridiculously mm. good hair and makeup and yeah, awesome. yeah stuff. Exactly. And I'm like, that's just not how real life works. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> even for superheroes, yeah. <laughs> It's true, I guess, yeah, now thinking about it, she does come off quite sort of untouched by war, like the war that's around her. Mm. I think, um, though, uh, how she does portray um, Diana in some of, like, the more emotional points, uh, like, really kind of, like, you do feel it. Um, I think there's a... Um, just before that scene, actually... And there's like the horse that's um, not moving, and they're whipping it, and and then there's uh, an injured uh, soldier, and I feel like her performance at that point was just that's when it hit for me, um, mm. because there was just so much emotion in like I don't know how it was a very short scene, and it was just flashes, um, yeah. So I think I think her performance there was really good. 
Yeah, and I mean, like for me, as I was watching it, and I think maybe a couple years ago, I read uh, sort of the new Fifty Two uh, Wonder Woman series, and just the thing I was struck by, like just beyond like all the superpowers and uh, and all that, is just her unending compassion <laughs> for everyone around her. And I just mm. got that from reading the, um, the comic and just watching this, I felt that that came through for me where, yes, yeah, she's this like super powered, uh, Amazon warrior, but she's just endlessly compassionate for everything and everyone around her and always looking for the good in people. Uh, and I felt that, uh, that came through, uh, really well. That's something I like about Wonder Woman. Mm. Yeah, so, and then as I was watching the film, just picking up on some of the, the themes, uh, that, uh, I, I felt were trying to be portrayed. Um, so you have this idea of right and wrong and doing the right thing, even though it's difficult. So you kind of saw that, uh, speaking of her unveiling, uh, scene when, in, when she crosses no man's land, you have that sort of moment there where, you know, she does the right thing regardless. So even though everyone else is telling her, you know, this is not the thing to do, uh, this is why we can't do it like this. She's just like, has a very, I guess in some way her character has a, a naive sense of right and wrong. You might, uh, you might argue. Um, mm. but it's, yeah, one of the themes I picked up on. And then, uh, also this idea of just, uh, mankind just being naturally predisposed to to war and conflict and there's a line mm. early on just before she leaves with steve where uh her mother says i think she says like they don't they, deserve you yeah that and i was thinking like is that true because <laughs> and then the and then steve re- reiterates it at the and in, in the uh in the end yeah uh saying no it's true we don't deserve you but you know <laughs> yeah we you're here now. We so. need you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't deserve you, but we, we need you. Um, yeah. and I think as well, like, I feel like her, you say like she's naive and I think she, she just is straight up naive at mm. the start. Um, and I feel like that, that's kind of like her character growth, uh, at the end is that, um, she starts to understand more. And then chooses to do the right thing. I mean, she's always choosing to do the right thing, but I feel like she grows at the end and then realizes her, the points where she's been naive without thinking about it. Sure. Um, and then she kind of like, Oh yeah, I was being naive, but that doesn't change the, the, the decisions I'm making or going to make. Yeah. And the other reason I, I sort of picked up on that, um, sort of does humanity deserve, or are we just like, uh, doomed to destroy ourselves uh, is just, and I keep coming back to this. Um, I once you see it, you can't unsee it. People fighting for toilet paper in a pandemic uh, has just really changed my my outlook on the world. And like sometimes when I watch these films, I'm like, yeah, are they right? Like, do we do we not do we don't deserve we don't deserve this because we fight over toilet paper and um, things like that. But um, don't deserve it, but we need it. But we do need it. <laughs> we do need it. Like we really need it. <laughs> also, like when you're so in in this film particularly, uh, yeah. 
um, Aries says, like, oh, I gave them, I didn't do anything. I just whispered the formulas uh, and they yeah. chose to use for destruction. <laughs> but he didn't whisper in their ears uh, about how to bring about world peace or, um, I don't know, uh, uh, get rid of world hunger. Because I'm sure if he'd whispered those things in someone's ear, they would have been like, okay, let's do that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I feel point. like he's still fully the culprit there. He's just trying yeah, to twist, yeah. just trying to twist words. Like I'm like, no, I don't buy it. I mean, well, you know, you gave him an option, but not really. You. He is also playing the politician, so he's you know good at spreading that responsibility and blame around. You know, it's not just me; it's these other people too. Uh, so yeah. Speaking of Aries, actually, so the I, I said early on about uh, sort of consolidating the, the things I liked uh, about the film and then but also really the things I didn't and the main thing for me was that uh, third act and I, I wonder what everyone else thinks about the the reveal of um, Patrick Morgan as Ares although I will say I I did kind of like maybe a meta commentary or, or something I just picked up the idea of having the the politician who's fighting for the allied forces and f- um, fighting for the armistice um, be the one that's actually Ares and um, pushing the war. So uh, that was an interesting twist. But what did you what did you all think about uh, the twist of having him uh, revealed as Ares? Uh, I thought it was obvious. I saw it coming a mile off. I remember seeing it a mile off in the cinema. I remember as soon as David Foylis came on screen as Sir Patrick, I was like, I bet you he's Ares. You know? <laughs> um, and then when he turned out he was Ares, I turned to the person I was watching the film with. I said, see, I told you, she's like, sharp. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just felt like a completely unnecessary plot twist. That, mm. that, yeah. You know, they, they made the um the German general I've forgotten his character oh, name. Uh, Ludendorff. Ludendorff. Yeah. They made him so unscrupulously evil yeah, to, to be almost pantomime. Yeah. And when you've done that, then clearly you're you're saying this is not your hidden villain. Because, you know, you're 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 making it quite obvious that this is not your hidden villain so then the only other person it could be is somebody who is is virtuous and good and aside and it's not going to be wonder woman because that's your your main character so who's mm. the other person here who is virtuous and good oh this person who says they're fighting for peace you know so to to me it, it wasn't a surprise at all and i think i kind of groaned a, a little bit inside when they actually made their quote-unquote reveal that, that he was aries so mm. um yeah I mean, a, a big part of, of my problem with the third act is is that i, I just felt that was such an unnecessary plot twist really mm. i forgot that's what happens at the end of this film I'm not gonna, like when I was watching it for the second time I like completely forgot and I feel like I have a bit of a like a bias that like made me blind to see what was going to happen because in my head I was just like oh it's Professor Lupin because <laughs> I'm a massive Harry Potter fan and like so in my head I'm just like you were it's taken. Professor Lupin and the the character like his character at the beginning is very much Professor Lupin like <laughs> it's the like oh I'll watch over you while you do something that you're not really supposed to do but uh, if I'm here it's okay um, <laughs> mm. so I feel like I was a bit blindsided and then when um, uh, she killed Luden off I was like I remember, like, I kind of remembered it, but I was like, what happened next? And it wasn't until everything happened that I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, I, f- 
I didn't really like the last bit. It's so forgettable. It's such a forgettable. Mm. <laughs> it is. It's completely forgettable. Ending yeah. bit. Um, mm. It's just very. I feel like it's a little bit rushed and overacted. Um, Hmm. It's, it's very over earnest isn't it the, yeah. the conversation between the two of them it's, it's just it doesn't feel like a like a human conversation it feels and I, I get it they're two gods so you it know, it's, it's, God it's difficult yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's difficult to kind of you know have, have a conversation between two gods and present it in a human way but at the same time you know you do remember that you have an audience who and, and the audience is is looking for people to you know relate to and is looking for ways to relate to this piece of dialogue, this piece of exposition that you're giving. And, you know, if the conversation is it's so earnest and, you know, and it's, oh, humans have been this way since time memorial and, oh, they are weak corrupt. Diana, we can corrupt. You must join me and together we shall reshape the world. And it was like, oh, come on. It reminded <laughs> me a lot of, like, two teenagers. <laughs> two teenagers yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was such a like uh i'm right no i'm right no i'm right kind yeah. of yeah yeah thing. and and yeah. everyone sided on his side like it's just kind mm. of like mm. Mm. you're not going to change your mind like it's very obvious and mm. i feel like mm. even the point where it is her like questioning herself i don't know, i feel like that whole thing could have happened without him <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's funny when I and it would have worked probably better. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when I watched it. I I um for the second time I was thinking like first of all I was thinking like wow we've come so far with comic book movie villains now like you know considering the the type of quality of villains that we've had in, in some comic book movies in terms of um, having understandable almost motivations and those characters having dialogue good enough that expresses their motivations in a simple way that an audience can get um, and it reminded me of uh, Man of Steel which is a movie I, I don't like at all really apart from um, the villain in that movie General Zod and even though Zod is kind of doing, you know, standard comic book movie villain things, he his reasons for doing it are, are very relatable because he explains, you know, I'm I'm trying to save my people. I'm trying to save my culture from extinction. And, you know, I, I love my people to the point that if that means I've got to trample all over this, this planet Earth in order to keep my people alive, then that's what I'm going to do because that's what I was born to do. It's what I was raised to, raised to do. It's literally in my blood to do that. Um, and I didn't feel that with the conversation between her and Aries. It was just, as, as we said, very kind of over earnest and, and just not really relatable and, and quite forgettable. And, you know, as you said, Tessa, you, you, you probably could have had Diana have an internal conflict of her own. And, and that probably would have worked just as well, if not better, in, in my opinion. Mm. I, I do remember watching it like the first time and not liking uh, the third act, but not really realizing why until I watched it the second time and just feeling like just bored uh, at the end. And mm. I think a lot of it is to do with, uh, Aries, uh, and in reveal. So I, 
I, yeah, I definitely wasn't a, a fan of it and not so much for the reveal itself, but kind of what it did to the story and, and the theme that was building up, up until that point, because it kind of reversed a lot of, mm. of the theme and it, and it descended into what, you know, comic book films get criticized for a lot. Uh, it's just this mindless CGI, uh, battle mm. that um, yeah. isn't really about anything. And it was like, ah, oh, why did you, 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 you had a path and you kind of, it's like they took a hard left into like just what has been done before. And that just annoyed me because I, I did really, uh, enjoy the, the film up until that, up until that point. But yeah, just we, uh, I guess it's almost like, you know, we've had so many good superhero films and like the bar's been raised and it's it's not good enough to just have these two uh you know visually impressive things a fight on screen and then one come out on top it's just that's that's mm. been done um and you just don't want to see that again i feel like as well they could have used some of that visual effects budget on just improving the overall visual effects uh in some other scenes where it <laughs> just is very <laughs> It's it's good, but it's not like this level of film, like this big of a film, good. Um, and yeah, I think they could have just used that money to clean up, <laughs> clean up other areas, and so like that, 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 just made an internal struggle. Like they could have used the same like images of the the uh, earth, you know, returning to like this oasis of green, uh, mm. and it just been a, a complete internal struggle of hers, like. I don't think men's worth it, and I don't think things of color allowed in the DC EU. I don't remember ever seeing like bright green, nice colors. Apart from in this one scene, in (laughs) when Aries is describing. Mm. Well, we can thank Zack Snyder for that. That was his thing because I I, yesterday when I rewatched the film, I was like, wait. Let me just check the credits because I want to check something. And lo and behold, there with his name, loud and proud, as producer and a story credit on on Wonder Woman. And I was yeah. like, that's why the that's why it it gets so grim and disgusting looking towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that stupid battle between Ares and, and Diana at the end, yeah, because it, it, it's really, through and through. Yeah, it is really dragged out as well. Even the bow itself is dragged out like there's bits where i'm like have they done are they done throwing things at each other (laughs) because it feels like this bit has been going on forever and yeah like i kind of want some resolve already because it's not it's like it's just a pointless battle like there's nothing no one's growing no one's getting the upper edge like it was just very yeah yeah it's like so yeah (laughs) (laughs) i get get what you mean what were you gonna say rich um no i was gonna say uh, i checked out is he like the third part i checked out before aries game i checked out when they they continued to make that guy like the villain and they gave him some like super strength stuff i was like no this is fake i was like like no this is fake you're still old like he hasn't done any form of trading like there's a stunt double and then they killed him and then they brought Ares, and I was like, no, no, then they brought David Thulis. Like, this death. oh, it's David Thulis. Well, oh, he's the villain. And I was like, wow, you're even worse than the guy from before. Like, you <laughs> no physical threat, right? <laughs> and then they made him into Ares, into the CGI thing. And I was like, the CGI looks, this looks whack. Like, 
I've just had three villains in the space of 10 minutes and I don't, I'm not scared of any of them. So I was checked out yeah. really. <laughs> so like the speech between the two of them, don't even remember it. Um, yeah. And the other thing I remember always seeing is that, you know, the guy who plays Ludendorff, yeah. yeah, like sorry for him because like he's well respected actor in in Hollywood, but it just got me thinking that there are particular actors and actresses out there who look like Nazis, and I'm just like, okay, that guarantees that you're gonna get work all the time. But you look like a Nazi, dude. Like that guy just looks like a Nazi, and, and it just reminded me because I've been watching Hunter for that. Once you've got that evil Nazi look, like you're guaranteed to get paid, man. There's always gonna be a role for you. But just, I don't know, just got me thinking. That's such an interesting description. Like you look like a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> to, to put that on your CV, and just like to get work from that. <laughs> oh man! But um, I, I mean, I, I will say like because I, I obviously not a fan of the uh, the third act, but I try and not let it take away completely what happened before because I feel. Uh, especially as we said with some of the other efforts uh, uh, from the DCU around that time, that it's still head and shoulders above uh, things like Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman, and uh, so on and so on. So it, it's a step forward. <laughs> like that's kind of the the takeaway I got. Like, okay, this is a it's a step. Maybe it's not a huge step, but it's just a step. I feel like at least the last bit is so forgettable. Like for me, anyway, so forgettable. Um, and the the rest of it is really strong because a lot of the time with movies, what they do is have a really strong beginning and like a memorable end, and then just not great in the middle. Mm. And then everyone walks away from it being like, "Oh wow, that was absolutely amazing!" But really, it was just like the yeah. little bit of the beginning, the bit of the end. Whereas this kept like a good story throughout and then just failed in the ending but it didn't take away it wasn't like one of those terrible endings that just completely take away from the whole film uh, which definitely happens sometimes mm. um it's kind of just fizzled out yeah They're like oh no i remember this good film at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> um and some wonderful moments so at least they you know didn't make it so bad that it's all you can think of yeah all right, so then as we uh, look ahead to its sequel, which I think is August. Is it still coming out in August? It's been delayed, I know. Um, yeah, it was think, June. Yeah, I believe it is August. Okay. Um, well, as things stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll see things. what happens, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, as things stand, it's, it's, um, August is the new release date they've given for it. Yeah. All right, so my question then is... Uh, are you looking forward to uh, a sequel and how do you think because I mean it's still this along with I mean, Aquaman Shazam sort of one of the mo most successful sort of DCU films uh, are you looking forward to the next Wonder Woman and in particular what's coming in next round of uh, DC films um, yeah, I think I am generally looking forward to Wonder Woman 88. Um, I think what I've read about it, it sounds like, again, like quite an interesting story. So, um, that will usually get me on board. Um, I thought the trailer was mostly pretty good. Um, the trend seems to be heading up in terms of, uh, the DC movies at, at the moment. Um, mm. You know, I was, um, I quite enjoyed Aquaman and I very much enjoyed Shazam. 
Um, and you're right. I think, you know, Wonder Woman, even with its faults, was, a, for me personally, a step in the right direction. Um, and I think now that we've finally seen the back of Zack Snyder, um, we should actually start to get, you know, some, some <laughs> Uh, movies from from yeah. DC, uh, and we already have. So, you know, I'm 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 a bit more optimistic now. Whereas I was quite pessimistic before, whilst he was still involved and, and calling all the shots over there. Um, now he's not involved anymore uh, creatively with, with with the process. I think there is um, enough potential and enough uh, good seeds have been sown for for something to grow. Uh, mm. of that so yeah I, i'm looking forward to it okay how about you rich um uh, i mean i'm not excited about it um yeah, yeah I'm, I'm i mean like I'll, I'll watch it because obviously I'm, I'm a comic book fan and you know it's wonder woman so you know why not but um like like for me this would be make or break like this has to be like the last but the first one is 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 mediocre for me. This one has to be really good mm. in order for me to be like, okay, cool, like, well done. Like, because I think, like, looks like at the majority of the DTEU films, they're just, they're all mediocre or nonsense. <laughs> Aquaman's entertaining, but I still think that, you know, that can still, could have been tied up a couple of places here and there. And Birds of Prey, I'm like, uh, okay. So, but that's in my opinion. But I think, like, this one has to really come and smash it out for me. Like, I, I would like her to be the face of the DCEU, like forget Batman, forget Superman, use use Gal Gadot, you know, like and 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 put her into that position by giving her a really really good sequel. I, I really hope it's that is it comes off like that, but I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. Like they just seem to, they just seem to keep on missing the mark. And I know Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder's not involved anymore, but I don't know. I don't know how true that is, man. But yeah. it's in yeah. the shadows somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm a Zack Snyder fan, but yeah, but I mean, he did nothing for the DCEU, I think. Yeah, well, he did something, but just not. Yeah, he did something, all right. Yeah, he did something. No, in fact, but, he did do one thing. He did do one good thing for me. Just that fight scene in Batman vs Superman in the in the warehouse where Batman just decimates the gods. That's the best, the only good thing out of the whole of the DCEU for me that stands wow. out. From, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm harsh, <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to the next Wonder Woman. Um, and I am quite looking forward to see what uh, the, the DCEU films bring out. I'm really intrigued uh, what's going to happen with the, the new uh, Suicide Squad film. Um, oh yeah, mm, yeah, same. That, that one's like I'm like, what's going to happen here? Like I'm just very like interested in what they do with that, uh, with this like reboot that's for a new film. Really weird, um, but yeah, because I really liked Aquaman as well. I thought that was really good, um, and then this was really good. Uh, so and like I really enjoyed Birds of Prey. Um, which is obviously a much lower budget than everything else. And I think people forget that as well. Um, so yeah, I think, I think some good stuff should come. I'm still a Marvel fan, but. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, yeah, the Suicide Squad one is interesting because I, uh, I've gone on record. I just, I think the original Suicide Squad is just terrible, 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 terrible. So if, mm. uh, that comes mm. out and, 
it's not terrible, then there's hope. Basically, that's my <laughs> that's my standard. <laughs> like, if the next Suicide Squad film is not terrible, there is hope. Mm. Listen, um, that, that Suicide done. Squad film like hurt me deeply. Like, <laughs> yes. if you understand how much, it, like Suicide Squad, I have a really personal connection to Suicide Squad comic books because yeah. they were. I got into those um, because they were kind of the first and last thing my my grandfather gave to me before he died. Mm. Um, so I read like those Suicide Squad books religiously, and I was like, "Oh my god, like this, these stories are amazing! Like these characters are crazy, and anybody could die at any time. Like anybody's head could get blown off at any time. Like you know, there was double crosses and triple crosses, and it was just you know the stories were so vivid. And and, and as I said they had like a, a vast array of, of kind of characters to, to choose from. And then I remember being really excited when they announced that they were doing a Suicide Squad film and and thinking, you know, oh, my God, this is going to be great. And then, you know, they were introducing Harley Quinn and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not a massive Harley Quinn fan, but she's a fan favorite character. So, you know, they're they're bringing her to the screen as well. So that's got to be good. And then I remember sitting down watching the film and literally within about, I think, the first 20 minutes, I was devastated. I was just absolutely like, what on earth is this? What is this? Like, I don't, who, who is this for? Like, you, you've made this movie for people with ADHD, maybe. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I don't, you know, who is this for? And, and just feeling betrayed, completely and utterly betrayed. Um, mm. but I think having James Gunn on board is, is a, a masterstroke. Um, yeah. especially given, you know, what he's done with obscure characters for Marvel um, and, and the incredible work he's done with that. So, you know, if he can bring even 50% of that to, to Suicide Squad, then we're off to a good start. So, yeah, so yeah, is 50 plus zero is 50. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, let us know what you think about Wonder Woman um, and what you're looking forward to in future DCEU films. So we're now going to go into our storytelling tip for this episode. And it's we're basically going straight to the, the third act here, uh, but I wanted to see if I can pull out something uh, for people who are creating their own stories I uh, might want to keep in mind and this is just about the the lie that your protagonist believes so I'll talk more about uh, more specifically about your character's ghost in a future episode which is just the idea of your your character having some sort of traumatic uh, event that takes place before the story starts that shapes their worldview uh, in the present or in your story's present day and fuels the lie that they believe so in this case we have uh, the lie that diana believes which is Ares is coming back and he is responsible uh, for the war and the uh, sort of general kind of uh, mankind's general, you know, uh, warmongering uh, um, uh, ideas. So that's her lie and that's what sort of impacts her and shapes her view over the story. And this feeling is is built upon uh, and you feel like they they might sort of reverse the war or she feels like she'll uh, reverse the war stop the war uh once she defeats Ares uh but what the film does up until that sort of that reveal is paints this picture of a character who is going to learn actually it's not as black and white 
as you think it is. Um, so which is why I was particularly annoyed when I felt they dropped the ball by revealing that it was actually an Ares and by killing him, the war does suddenly stop. So the lie wasn't a lie, um, which kind of reinforced the simple view of the world that um, Diana has at the beginning or when we meet her as uh, on Themyscira. Um, and for me, they missed the opportunity to sort of follow up on this sort of complex uh, worldview um, that Di- Diana could learn. And it also doesn't match up with her... Uh, her seemingly like gray area outlook that she has i guess in um batman v superman but then also at the very start of this film um in her opening lines and instead as i mentioned before they go in a direction of this cgi sort of battle where there's nothing at stake really there's nothing on the line that links to the themes of the story and the theme of this complex worldview that they were almost going to get to so the tip really is is as much a tip as a plea in that if you're writing your story, like follow through on sort of breaking the lie that your uh, protagonist believes to get a satisfying end to your story. I think by doing that, then you can really sort of um, crystallize their character arc and their learning. Uh, and then, yeah, you just reach her satisfying end when they have a new and possibly more complex, more nuanced view of the world. Uh, and then, yeah, you can sort of walk out of the cinema uh, happier and uh, not have to complain about seeing another sort of CGI battle. So there's the tip. Uh, let us know what you think and um, how you use the lie that your character believes and your character's ghosts in your story. Uh, and Tazzy, let's find out more about what our guests have been up to. Um, yeah, so Rich, Jason, what have Wulong Talks got coming up? Uh, we've got quite a few things on the pipeline. Um, as Nigel mentioned earlier, he'll be a guest on our next upcoming episode where we'll be talking a little bit about uh, Nigel's storytelling process and how he kind of brings his work together on the mangas that he produces. We'll also chat a little bit about this unfortunate situation that we find ourselves in um, with COVID-19 and how that's kind of affecting us and how that's affected the geek world as well. Um, you know, it feels at the moment like nothing is, is ever going to be the same again. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's all a little bit low and depressing on that front. But we'll also have um, some lighthearted chat as well about some of our favorite manga stories and, and manga arcs um, and the kind of journeys that those have taken us on to. Um, aside from that, we've got a few other things in, in the pipeline as well. We will have um, another one of my uh, anime adventure podcast coming up soon where I'll be chatting a bit with Rich and uh, our special guest Marquita aka Yellow Rage Attacks about um, my journey into the world of anime and discovering that there are different genres um, that portray very different things to each other and and getting my head around etchy which has been um, an experience and a half so yeah that's definitely <laughs> the podcast for to um gauge my reactions to that and um yeah i think that's it rich is there anything else um social media i've been in a couple of video recordings 
on uh, oh, Instagram. Oh, yes, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's basically just called like a 60-second review, and you just rev- basically we just review a film that we've seen or a TV show that we've seen uh, and break it down inside of 60 seconds because that's the longest you can record for those little clips in it. So I just thought it'd be a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a nice thing, a little bit of a gimmick. So we, but we've done a couple, so we're going to try and make what do post one a week, Jay? Um, yeah, I think that's the plan, isn't it? So um, yeah, about one know, a week. One a week, yeah. Yeah, then, yeah, but if there's any, if there's any films that anybody wants us to review in the sixty second review, mid uh, and just hit us up on the social media or like by email or something. Awesome. Um, yeah, so the next section is where we get our listeners' feedback and questions that have been emailed in or um, sent to us via social media. So our first question is from Kawhi Prince MH on Instagram. Um, and he asks, how does Wonder Woman to you compare to some of the other DC female heroes? Uh, Who wants to take that first? Yeah. What, what, what other DC female, what, like in film? Yeah. I mean, do, are they referring to yeah. film characters or the, the to the film characters? I suppose you could compare her, say, to the next biggest character. I mean, as, as the kind of DC film universe stands right now, there are probably two women who are tentpoles of, of that universe. On the one hand, you Don't have Harley Quinn, and Wonder Woman. Um, well, I mean, the, the, factually, that that's just the case. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah right. In terms of, of of standing within the public, that that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do they compare? It's very difficult to compare them because they're kind of like chalk and cheese in, in terms of um, characteristics. Uh, I think I've probably enjoyed Wonder Woman more than um, I've enjoyed Harley Quinn. Uh, Partly because, as I said, I've, I've just never been that massive a, a Harley Quinn fan. Although, unlike Rich, I did actually enjoy Birds of Prey. Um, but I think, you know, they, they represent kind of a, an interesting dichotomy between the two of them. In, in that, as, as said, Wonder Woman is, is very much the representation of of truth and honesty and you know, is is a paragon of, of principle and, and something that, you know, we all strive towards and, and, and an image that we can believe in. And Harley Quinn is, is perhaps the complete opposite of that in terms of her character. And, and um, you know, she's very much kind of in it for herself and, and, and what she can get out of, of every situation. But I think that the two characters exist and, and that there is this contrast between them is a good thing. Um, because I, I don't think you want, you know, too many women characters, especially women characters, you don't want them to be just, you know, identical copy and paste kind of characters and th- that you can't tell the difference. Um, so, you know, in that regard, DC has, has done a good job in, in kind of having these two women, as, as, it's, as said, it's two temp poles and, and making them quite different i guess what could be fun is to see the two of them interacting with each other um whether that is ever going to happen i don't know but i'm sure somebody at warner brothers is is trying to find a way to make that happen because frankly that's the only two kind of characters they've got that are really bankable aside from maybe um aquaman as well so um 
Yeah, I think they, Wonder Woman compared to the other female characters or, or stands out from the other female characters because for me, she's probably the, the purest character and the most, um, relatable character that we've seen so far from, from DC films. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Basically what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hard because there's not. Sorry, go. <laughs> there's not much female representation. <laughs> no, there isn't. So, yeah. very difficult conversation to have, really. Yeah, and I feel like even if we were like to extend it outside of just the cinematic universe and go on to shows, like, there's Supergirl and she's cute. <laughs> like and I love like I really enjoy I didn't watch all of it but I really enjoyed Supergirl but she's she's cute like she's not a strong not like not as strong as Wonder Woman and Harley she's she's a I mean I think Supergirl kind of <laughs> puts it right because her character is very much this young girl uh, even though she's not that young but um, the character is very much portrayed like that um, and then, but Wonder Woman and Harlequin are, are different, but also the, their movies are kind of follow the same theme, uh, which is uh, women have been suppressed by men a lot. <laughs> and they're both kind of like uh, showing, you know, that women can do, do it without, you know, needing men uh, but then you know it's nice when you do have them about uh, hard, <laughs> like no men uh, and Wonder Woman's like let's work together uh, I like that about Wonder Woman but I love Harley Quinn as well so I love them both I really compare them they're like two best buds <laughs> you've got your one friend that's causing trouble and then your other friend that's always like telling everyone what's the right thing to do <laughs> they're the they're the two friends that are are great fun, but you can never let them meet each other. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Some fireworks. Mm. Yeah, you can never let them meet each other because it's just it's just gonna go down. <laughs> it's gonna go down. Um. Yeah. So the has everyone answered that? Yeah. Well, my uh, Richard. Richard is his answer. Oh. Oh yeah, no, no. I was, no, I was gonna say no. Like, I was just going off what you guys were saying and basically saying like I think that that's one thing I'd pay money to see like on screen, Wonder Woman and Harley Quinn. Like, because you know what it is, I imagine that Harley Quinn, like for the majority of the movie, just be just fangirling, yeah, just fangirling mm. over, over over Wonder Woman and just trying to trying to impress her with stuff and like and just failing. Like th- that would be like I'd love to see that. Um, but that's going to say. But um, I think in regards to any other female superheroes, DC. Um, yeah, there's no, there isn't, is there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm trying to think now, but <laughs> like, like, there are there, there are some, but it's like about like, like even Mira from Aquaman. But yeah. She does, yeah, but she's kind of just there, right? Yeah, like, she's just like, kind of there. Just, I, I, I wouldn't even. I mean, really apart from of... when she's beating Johnny Depp, but she's yeah, she's <laughs> she's just kind of there, like. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it'd have to be those two. Fair enough. <laughs> I can't add anything else. Presentation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's crazy because there's... Sorry, I I know we've got another question to get to, but I was just going to say it's crazy because 
DC has so many. Um, yeah. Mm. They choose so many. Like, they, they've got, like, a litany of, of really interesting uh, women characters that they could... Brings out hmm. so, um, you know, it, it's surprising that they've done so poorly with with that, really. Um, hmm. But then it's pr- surprising because, hey, Hollywood. So, yeah, <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, they def- there's definitely a lot they could put up. I feel like the the Gotham TV series uses a lot of like the. Um, I mean, they're not even superheroes; they're the opposite. But <laughs> strong, like strong uh female characters that can be used in stories um so it's not like it can't be done it's not like people don't like them <laughs> mm. uh, i think they're just maybe erring on the side of caution um yeah so the next question is from kota kitty on instagram uh, do you think dc the dc cinematic universe can stand up to marvel's universe can I just go straight in and, and say no? But I don't think that's the, <laughs> so I don't think that's the question because the answer is no. The, I think the question really is like in, can they ever get close? Like, um, can Marvel standards drop <laughs> low enough to, for DC to catch up? Um, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> they can, but, but that, again, this is this is the thing. This is why you know, and I say this as as a died in the wall Marvel guy. Um, you know, I've always been a Marvel guy, and you know, they will always be my first choice. But that said, you know, the, the, and again, I'm, I'm no expert on DC, but the little I know of it is, you know, there, there's plenty of characters there. There's plenty of material there that they could use. Mm. That's what makes, you know, the the creative decisions they made with Man of Steel, with Batman v Superman, with Justice League, just so baffling because they have so much material there. Um, you know, so can they, you know, can they catch up with Marvel and the MCU as it is? No, probably not, as you said. Um but they should be able to kind of stand on their own two feet, at least, given <laughs> the resources that they have. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's all the more confusing to me that, that they seem to just flounder for, for mm. what, you know, almost six, seven years they wasted. The, well, you, you know, cause, you know what I would mm. say is that because really, like, as just comic book fans and, and, and just fans of seeing these uh, these characters represented on the big screen. We kind of, we want everyone to do well. And I just mm. feel for mm. DC, they just like two things for me. They just, one, need to stop looking over at Marvel and trying to get some of that <laughs> of, of what Marvel are doing because just from the start, once you do that, you're immediately just putting out imitations or something that uh, is based on like planning and thought and all that. And if you're just trying to say, oh, we'll just take the surface level of what we see and try and replicate it, that's where you get the, the films that we've, uh, already mentioned. So what I'd like to see DC do is just, just carve out their own niche. And it might mean make, you know, different films than, uh, what Marvel are doing. It, it might mean that some of the films are darker without completely uh, subduing the, the the color palette but it doesn't mean you know you might make darker films you might not be going after that um that family 
audience all the time. But I think if they just have this, this, like, I don't know, just stick to their uh, niche and what their characters represent and then have someone who's overseeing. So I feel what we're seeing at Marvel is that the, the benefit of having someone who is connecting all these different projects together, uh, according to one overarching plan that is, that is actually thought through and, and carried out. And we'll see how well they do in this, uh, in this next, next decade. But what they've done so far, by and large, is pretty good quality. Uh, and I think those are the lessons that DC should learn, uh, going forward. And hopefully they can, you know, bring out their own series of films that are actually talked about in, in similar breath, uh, to what Marvel are doing. Mm-hmm. And Rich, just before you come in, um, I've just mm-hmm. been reminded of a, a, of a quote, um, from the writers of uh, the Winter Soldier and Civil War, um, Avengers, Infinity War and Endgame, um, Christopher Marcus mm. and, and Stephen McFeely, they were being interviewed by Mark Bernardin. And um, he said to them, you know, he asked them, you know, if, if Warner Brothers were to pick up the phone tomorrow or call you, say, look, we've got all these DC characters. We don't know what we're doing. We want to build a universe. So like, you know, what would you do? And um, I think it was uh, Marcus who who said, um, you know, get one right. Like just get one right. Focus on, on pick your character and get them right. Like invest enough money so that you're getting the right people involved. Make sure that you've got enough budget to do justice to that character and then get it right. And then once you've got that one right, then you can look at your playing field and go, okay, where do we go from here? But until you get one right, then you're you're just going to keep tripping over your your own shoelaces because you're so fixated on on seeing some finishing line, you know, in the distance where you have this beautifully interconnected universe that everybody loves and is invested in, um, and you've not spent the time to focus on just getting one character right. So, you know, that that is what they need to do, really, if they want to kind of, um, you know, as I said, they'll, they'll never surpass Marvel Studios as far as I'm concerned. But, um, you know, if they at least want to be in the conversation, that's what they need to do. And as I said, we are starting, in my opinion, to see kind of a few shoots and a few kind of signs that, that there may be some progress on that front. But But we'll see. Sorry, Richard. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. That's fine. Um, I'm not sure if they'll ever be the same level as Marvel. Um, and even if they do reach that same level of Marvel, I think you like you also have to look at like the logistics, like say like like the numbers. Because I mean, how many DC movies are we in now? What is this the next one coming out? Is that going to be like the seventh or the eighth? Like how many how many have we got so far? No idea. I'm not sure, no actually. idea. I couldn't yeah. tell you. Oh, okay, <laughs> so, uh, we've got we've got at least six, right? Yeah, so like we've got yeah, yeah. There's at least six. Yeah, so yes, like by the time like the Marvel films had reached their sixth film, like they were on a roll. Like it it wasn't a game. Like from pretty much from like the first one, like they they cemented it. But like you were saying, like Jason, like what McFeely said is like you know get that one person and just use them as the focal point. And DC don't have that. That I think that's I think that's I think that's the main thing that they're missing. they need someone for the universe to revolve around. And, and I, and I, the thing is, I know some people may say that, you know, don't copy Marvel because they've got their own thing. I'd say copy Marvel, make a, make a proper connected, connected universe that will at some point tell a bigger story. Just all the characters that you, that you do introduce, not all of them have to be in the, in the massive final, you know, crossover. But I think as 
geeks and comic book fans and stuff, I think we just love that. That's, that's, that's like, we're just suckers for that. I think we need that. Otherwise, once one film doesn't match another film in any form or particular way, even though they may be two completely different films, you still want it to be in the same place. When you then try to introduce them, it just kind of just, just doesn't work. So I think that's what, so I think follow the Marvel method way and get that one person to focus, like you said, to focus the whole franchise around and make a proper connected universe. Bring in Darkseid, but like string it out. Like don't do it like in a two, two arc film. That's nonsense. But, um, but in, in regards to that, I don't think they'll ever surpass Marvel just by what they've put out so far. And even if they do get good, it'll probably be towards the end. It'll be like how Logan was with the Wolverine trilogy. Mm. Mm. Um... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think they can do something else. Like I, I'm with Nigel, and they need to just stop trying to be Marvel and try and be DC. Um, I think, do you know, like my ideal, um, like DC cinematic universe would exist of these amazing standalones. Some not as amazing standalones, but just lots of good standalones and um maybe like one or two crossovers when, when relevant like that there's like good story uh and because i don't want to invest another 10 years into anyone's <laughs> cinematic universe i'm done like i'm out i just want to enjoy some good superhero movies like that was an emotional roller coaster, and I feel like, especially now, the world has enough emotion in it, <laughs> and I don't need to invest in in a whole ten years of something. Uh, just make some good films. Like, not everything needs to be interconnected. Uh, I'm not trying to build, build Lego. I'm trying to watch a movie. I'm trying to be entertained. <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to make a long-term commitment to something like <laughs> there's enough, <laughs> but yeah, I, it's not going to be. It's never going to be the same as 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 Marvel, and I think they should stop trying to be. Be a bit more like Nintendo, <laughs> just do your own thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is all of our quest. Wait, yeah, Nigel just Nigel asked first. I was about to say, did Nigel answer? Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, that is that is it from our question today. But if you would like to send us your feedback or questions, you can so at feedback at mymatter.com or you can contact us at our social media on at mymatter on Twitter, at mymattertees on Instagram or at Tazzy on both. All right. So thank you to our guests, Jason and Rich from Wulong Talks for joining us uh, for this episode. It's good to have your input, guys. Yeah, Thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, the best thing about having you guys on, because you just have just such an extensive knowledge of comics, uh, I can just, uh, like, set up questions and then listen to your answers, take notes, and then I am smarter for it. That's the real reason <laughs> why you're here. Um, so, yeah, we hope, you've, <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Story X Story. Yeah, if you did, then make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Uh, give our show a good rating and just share with friends, uh, family, followers, 
whoever so we can spread the word uh, we talk about stories because we make stories at Maya Mara. Uh we have our own manga universe talking about interconnected universes uh, you can check that out at mayamada.com forward slash manga and we have news coming on our online gamepad event we'll be rolling out uh, news as we figure stuff out and uh, we will let you know but we do have an online event and community uh, coming sort of in summer um, so you can check out gamepad.events uh, subscribe to our newsletter and we will yeah just keep you guys updated and we've got more episodes coming including interviews from different creators, uh, video game discussions, and more deep dives into stories across pop culture. Uh, you can always give us a shout directly. Our email address is feedback at myamada.com and our website with links to subscribe is myamada.com forward slash story x story. Uh, until next time, uh, stay tuned and stay safe. <laughs>